Happy March. Leah Pika here. Today, I have big news and a guest who is a Google Analytics heavy hitter from Down Under, and he loves his data. Stay tuned to find out who's kinking it up a notch on the Present Beyond Measure Show, episode 32. Welcome to the Present Beyond Measure Show, a podcast at the intersection of analytics, data visualization, and presentation awesomeness. You'll learn the best tips, tools, and techniques for creating analytics visualizations and presentations that inspire data-driven decisions and move you forward. If you're ready to get your insights understood and acted upon, you're in the right place. And now your host, Leah Pika. What's up, guys? Welcome to the 32nd episode of Present Beyond Measure, the only podcast at the intersection of presentation, data visualization, and analytics. This is the place to be if you're ready to make maximum impact and create credibility through thoughtfully presented insights. So spring is here, sort of, (laughs) although you wouldn't be able to tell if you're on the East Coast because today I just dug my car out of a snow mountain. It's the fourth time this month, (laughs) but that's okay. It's just more opportunity to get snowed in and gorge on my brown butter almond cookies while watching American Ninja Warrior with my family. Hashtag winter. So my dear listener, I have big, big news to share with you today. I have closed the chapter of my career as Director of Data Visualization and Storytelling for Search Discovery, and I have gone on the solo road once again. I just want to give a shout out to my former mothership. There isn't an agency I could possibly recommend more for people in the digital analytics, marketing, and search marketing spaces. It is an amazing place to grow your career, and I will have the fondest memories of being part of their family. But I have heard a whisper on the wind, and it is time to move on. So I'm rebooting my speaking, training, blogging, and podcasting business. I'm calling it Leah Pika 2.0 because the interweb right? So this is a huge leap for me because this time there's no safety net. I'm throwing everything I have at this and I'm going to be bringing you so much good stuff your way, like a Facebook community, a LinkedIn group, a YouTube channel, virtual classes, lots of stuff, all to serve you in the best way I possibly can. So I have some really exciting speaking and content opportunities on the horizon that I'd love to share with you. First, I'm working on an epic blog post for Moz retelling a super interesting data story originally told by former wizard of Moz, Rand Fishkin, who's now at Spark Toro. That's going to be so much fun. I'm also traveling to Moz next week in Seattle to film one of their first data visualization whiteboard Fridays. Wee! <laughs> I'm also speaking next month at the Informs Conference in Baltimore with my great friend and venerated grumpy analytics veteran, Tim Wilson of Search Discovery. I'll be giving a keynote session at the amazing 4C Summit in May. I highly recommend this event for anyone doing voice of customer analytics. It's wonderful. I'm also tentatively slated for giving a presentation workshop at the rebooted Marketing Evolution Experience and the keynote during their Women in Analytics luncheon in June. So cool. And finally, I'm in talks to give the keynote and a workshop at the amazing Digital Analytics Hub in September. It is a conference like none other in the analytics space. So, so excited about those. So 
that means my calendar is filling up pretty quickly, but I still have slots open for the spring and summer for one of my top rated workshops. The Inspiring Insights Data Storytelling Bootcamp is an amazing way to empower you or anyone you work with that has to present ideas or insights to solve challenges, inform decisions, and make an impact with your organization or your clients. So if you'd like to learn more about how that can really take your results to the next level, you can visit leahpika.com slash workshops. So enough about me. I've got an amazing interview coming your way. So let's go. Hello, hello, everyone. Today's guest is the co-founder of Loves Data, an analytics consultancy in Australia, where his unique approach to online marketing and digital analytics helps organizations of all sizes make their data actionable. He's worked closely with Google since 2007, presenting at major industry events and workshops. And in 2010, he became the first trainer certified by Google for both Google AdWords and Google Analytics. He's recently released the second edition of his super comprehensive book, Learning Google AdWords and Google Analytics, which is something we'll be talking a lot about today. And today he loves sharing his knowledge and experience with his community through his blogs, his videos, and his courses. With that, I'd love to introduce you to Benjamin Mangold. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome to the show. So Ben, <laughs> we first met several years ago um, in Australia. It was my first time there. I had the privilege of presenting at your annual Loves Data Analytics Conference in both Sydney and Melbourne, and that's a fantastic show. I highly recommend it. And I just want to let you know that I am a little bit sore still that no one let me hug the koalas. I didn't know that. I think you're not meant to, but I think some places, yeah, they shouldn't. But I think they do let you hug them. <laughs> no, I mean, I, for, I think it's important for their survival. So I won't push the subject. I was just a little sad. But <laughs> in any event, it was a really stellar event. And it clued me into how knowledgeable you are on everything Google and how you love to help others in the industry. And I really recognize and resonate with that. So first, I love to hear a good origin story. Tell us a little bit how you fell into the world of measure and analytics. Mm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I come from a, maybe a slightly different um, angle than, than others in the industry. But basically, my background is in design. So I actually studied uh, graphic design and um, object design at, at university. And then it sort of evolved from, from there. So after leaving university, it moved into doing some design around um, UI. And then from there, a little bit more into the back end of um, into into the platforms delivering the content as well. So it's it's been a, maybe a slightly um, strange evolution, I suppose. But um, <laughs> I've always sort of seen the way I've always sort of explained it and seen it is that um, for me the the things I'm doing with analytics are really um, it's really about solving problems and um, delivering the information that people need and that that does actually have some nice uh, parallels with the sort of um, creative problem solving that occurs when you're, when you're sort of tackling design issues. Hmm, interesting. So that makes a lot of sense, actually, because I noticed that when you presented at the conference and your YouTube videos and your other branding, I can see that it has a very careful eye on a design aesthetic. 
Um, so mm. that actually makes a lot of sense. <laughs> um, that also really carries over to your book. Your book, I felt from a usability perspective, was very intuitive in terms of the flow of how I'd want to learn about the platform and the various different components of it and the approach. So I want mm. to turn the attention to your book a bit. I want to ask you, who is this book really written for and in what stage of their understanding of those platforms? Yeah, I mean, so originally when I, uh, it, uh, when did I start writing? The first edition of the book, I think I started at the end or it was back in 2014 when I started writing the first edition. And um, at that time, I sort of the two highlight books for me are obviously we have, um, you know, Avinash um, mm -hmm. with with both of his books and, um, you know, Web Alex 2.0 being the more recent of the two. And so that was sort of on one hand very um, strategic. And then on the other hand, my sort of standout book was from um, Brian Clifton with, um, with his, um, you, know, uh, you know, very technical um, book, that solved a lot of problems for a lot of people in very specific ways. Mm -hmm. And so my journey with this book was one to build off the training that I was doing at the time, but also to sort of, I suppose, sit between those two books is the way that I've always seen uh, my book working. So it does, um, it certainly does have uh, the groundwork in terms of important strategic components that you'll need to, um, you know, to measure measure what's happening on your website and to launch a successful campaign in AdWords. But it also brings in some of the more tactical things that you can do as well. So I sort of sit at see, saw it sitting between those those two books, and um, yeah, I mean, it also for me is about trying to simplify and explain things in a really clear way for people mm. and i think with with any technology that we're using we can get very sort of specific about you know what is a user you know it, it's you know it's becomes a very sort of technical uh problem that we're trying to explain to people and i think that there is value in especially for the the marketing people who really are the, the main sort of audience for my book to step back for a moment and say, yes, this is a technical topic. Yes, there's lots going on behind the scenes, but really the idea is that we're trying to measure people. We're not, um, you know, yes, there's cookies. Yes, there's the JavaScript. Yes, there's other things going on, but um, we're really trying to measure what's happening on our website. Yeah, I that's a great way to put it because I was actually going to ask you, you know, what makes this book different than the other books on Google Analytics and AdWords out there. I did find it uh, that it resonated with me because I think I would consider myself as much a marketer as an analytics practitioner. And what I felt was that it was a really good explanation of everything with a hint of coding here and there, like useful mm. pieces of regex that are applied in a practical way that I understand where I don't have to become a programmer to understand. Um, but not so mm. programming yeah. heavy that I felt way out of my depth over it. Yeah. And like, I know that there's, um, uh, I know that people give it to their clients. So I'm in mean, a lot of, um, mm. a lot of the people that I end up uh, presenting to and, and working with our, our agency side. And so with, I, I know there's, um, 
you know, one of my community has, you know, bought a stack of books and then gave them out to his clients as a way to, um, you know, make that more accessible to them so that they have, have an understanding of what, what he's actually doing for them. No, that's fantastic. So really you would say this book would be appropriate for people that are really trying to get to know the platform who might come from more of the marketing strategy side of things, but be able to talk authoritatively enough to have a, a really intelligent conversation about what's going on with their campaigns and data with the people maybe extracting and working with that more closely. Do you say that's... Yeah, I think that's definitely true. And I think um, it just sort of springs to mind um, that I was just actually watching a bit of the your uh, podcast with Justin and, um, you know, Justin, yeah, <laughs> Justin you know, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and how like for Justin and, and the Analytics Academy, it's really about providing this um, this this high quality baseline for people to to have a dialogue around um, what they find inside Google Analytics and the reports, and so mm. I think this is I, I suppose there's a parallel there in that I think having that baseline is important, and um, it doesn't matter whether it's a book or Analytics Academy or, or some other sort of uh, learning or training that someone's doing. I think whether you're technical or non-technical or, or some sort of hybrid having that baseline so that you can have a, a really cohesive discussion is, is important because I've, I've certainly been in, um, you know, you walk into a company and you have, you know, the technical people and the marketing people in the room. Mm -hmm. And in some cases there's, <laughs> you know, they'll sit on different sides of the room. There's this divide between, yes. <laughs> um, what, what they think they're expected to do. And really yeah. I think, um, the expectation should clearly be that people are working together and having this dialogue. You know, it, it is interesting that you say that because I've always looked at these books from a practitioner perspective, and I've taken all of the responsibility of understanding how these platforms work and what we're supposed to do with them and bringing that to the audience. But this is the year where I'm hearing more and more about the audience needing to become a bit more savvy as well to bring up their side of the conversation. Have you ever found that clients or stakeholders get offended when you hand them a book <laughs> to learn a specific platform or they kind of welcome the idea of learning, getting more savvy about what people are talking to them about? Um, I, yeah, interesting question. It, it does actually vary a lot by, I think actually the organization. So I think it, my guess is um, it comes down to sort of the organizational culture. So, for example, I've walked into um, uh, like I've walked into like a government um, agency and it's sort of like crickets, like no one, you know, they're, they're sort of they're there because they were told to be there, not because they want to be there. And um, you can just sort of like, you know, they're eyeing, you know, where's the, where's the door? When can I get out of here? Right. <laughs> and you go into a, you go into another company and people are so excited to, mm. um, to sort of learn together and, um, yeah, to, to make improvement using, using the, the data that they have available. So I think definitely there's a cultural component within organizations. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. That makes sense. So do you have any advice for the practitioners in the cultures where 
the enthusiasm may be lacking a bit to get them enthusiastic about talking about how these things work? I guess like my sort of my my ideas would be to, you know, there's there's very basic things that you can do, like um, thinking, you know, in the world of um, you know, optimization and conversion testing. It's the old example is, you know, the the pizza at the end of the week for whoever, you know, came up with the best test idea. Mm. So I think those sorts of things are, are they're very simple, but they have a lot of value in terms of, you know, building a little bit of, you know, healthy competition, I suppose, between people. Um, so I think that's certainly one approach is incentivizing more symbolically than than anything else, you know, to to actually be on the same page. And the other thing that I always feel is important is having time to sort of play and explore. So, uh, and I know it's it, it's very very difficult in in um, you know some consulting situations where you know you're all you're, you're trying to sort of achieve particular KPIs. But I think that having and dedicating some time to uh, for everybody to sort of come together and try different things and um, play I think is 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 critical because it it actually gives you space to sort of think and um, it's it's difficult to do like I mean I have <laughs> to say it's probably one of those things like take my advice but I I, I try and follow that but it's it is difficult finding that time to to breathe and, and, yes. um, play. No, I can see that. Um, the way that I used to play as an analyst myself was just combing through every report in Google and just looking for something that might pop out. Like I dedicate 15, 20 minutes to that and then seeing something pop out and then kind of going deeper. And that's something else I liked about your book is that, you know, you go through every type of report and, every module and whatnot, but you have these little breakouts of little hints of things you can do mm. that are creative to go a little further. So what are some of the things that practitioners will be able to do right out of the gate because of some of these little extra tidbits that you offer? Oh, I was... <laughs> There's so many. It's, um, <laughs> I, I, was, I was actually, we've been doing so many edits on the book. It's um, I was sort of like, why have I got so many tips in here? I mean, it <laughs> almost feels like I need to take some out. But um, no. yeah, I think, uh, uh, what could be a suggestion out of the book? I'm trying to think of one. Like, like a custom report, let's say. What could people do that might be interesting with a custom report? So I think for me, um, just sort of, Coming from a marketing perspective, I suppose, in terms of Google Analytics, I think customer reports are great in terms of being able to you know, really make something your own inside Google Analytics. And mm -hmm. so for marketing, I think um, one sort of tip would be is to create a, a customer report around the marketing channel or marketing channels that are important for your role. So, for example, um, if you're responsible for sending out, um, you know, the, the regular emails to your list, then creating a customer report where you where you have the data for your email campaigns in a nice, clean, sort of consolidated um, manner would would be a great starting point. So you can do that by one building the building the report. So you know you've got. Um, for, I'm sure everybody knows a custom report, but basically building the dimensions and metrics, so the um, the pieces of information that you want to highlight in that report, um, and then from there 
you can actually apply some filters. Um, so you can do some, some basic filtering to just include um, the, the email campaign. So that way, when you jump into that report, you have exactly what you want mm. um, in the report. Mm, I love that. That's very useful. Um, okay. So what is your favorite part of your book? The favorite part of my book? Um, I think well, I mean, the Google Analytics section is way bigger than the AdWords section, so maybe <laughs> it's it's that part. Um, I I think um, there's sections where I've, uh, as you sort of touched on, tried to really focus on the ways that you can use reports. So I think those areas in the book where it's not just about, um, okay, this is what this report means, but then actually stepping beyond that into here are some ideas that you can start to um, to action to actually make use of make use of that information that you're seeing. Mm. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I mean that's actually something I wanted to ask about as well. You know. You talk a little bit, I saw, about how to think about setting up your campaigns and analytics and from a data storytelling perspective, how am I going to get the story out of this? So how can the book get practitioners thinking about approaching this data from generating insights right out of the gate? Mm, I think like, so I think the thing with, uh, with Google Analytics is that it's, it's it's sort of all encompassing now, right? So like, I mean, we used to, um, this is actually one I should talk to Justin about, is back when Google <laughs> Analytics was first released, uh, you had this ability to narrow your focus. So you could select in the configure, in, in actually your sort of login configuration, you could say, uh, I'm an analyst or I'm technical or I'm in marketing. And it would actually pair back the reports based on what you selected. So that's one thing that mm. um, I think was actually quite helpful, which is, um, I mean, it's obviously not easy for Google to implement that sort of thing, but that was, that was quite useful. So I think um, as you approach Google Analytics. I think it's about really um, identifying what your need is. And because it is so broad, focusing on what's going to be helpful. So I've certainly seen cases where, um, much to my dismay and, and, uh, and against my advice, uh, you know, a particular company decided to implement some very custom things at the time to uh, measure very particular interactions. And so we spent a lot of time developing a solution to do that. And then, you know, you turn around and it's it's not being used. And so I think <laughs> that there is this sort of, um, you know, as the as a new feature comes out, or um, there's a new report or a new piece of data that's available, there is this tendency to want to jump on it. And um, that yes. that's fine. But I think you need to step back for a moment and actually ask yourself, is this going to be useful for me? Um, so because you can spend an awful lot of time or not an awful lot of time, but you can spend time investing in implementing something that may not actually deliver as much value mm. as something that's already there inside Google Analytics. Um, so, uh, you know, for example, you, you can feed in, you know, custom dimensions and custom metrics, and there's absolutely amazing use cases for that. And there is value in doing that. But for someone starting out, the amount of effort that they're going to need to take to do that probably won't pay off. So I think... Mm just approaching it and saying, okay, well, there's lots of things that I can do, but I'm going to start with these basic things and, and 
um, you know, get some value out of the data that I'm already collecting and then sort of evolve and develop from there, I think is, is a perfectly fine approach for, uh, for using Google Analytics. Hmm. And that's very, very helpful. Um, what is your take on Google Data Studio now coming in? Because I think for a long time, people were relying on the visuals inside of Google Analytics to help, you know, even some of the less savvy stakeholders who would log in and see their dashboards. Um, mm. How do you see Google Data Studio's role starting to come into that field? Yeah, I think um, I I think Data Studio is great, and I mean I think there's um, it, there's been a lot of work you can just see in the in the sort of the thinking behind the way the data is presented, and so I think for me like the highlight is really that it's it's very clean. I mean, it, uh, you know, there's certainly ways to overcomplicate it, but if you just sort of <laughs> If you just if you put the data in and you, you you apply the visualization, it is very clean mm -hmm. um, and uh, simple. Which uh, I'm yeah I'm a fond believer in um, you know simplicity over complexity, uh, especially with um, visualizing data. So um, yeah, I think I think there's there's greatness behind the scenes happening <laughs> there. Um, and then just, yeah, being able to pull the data in is, is from different sources is, is, um, very useful as well. And, sure. um, I mean, we, we very quickly, like, I mean, you know, in terms of the tools we use, um, anything beginning with Google is sort of like a tool that we use generally. <laughs> and, Pick it off the tree. um, but <laughs> so like we jumped on, on very quickly with Google data studio and, sure. um, uh, I, I don't know what the, like, so we very quickly evolved from, for example, moving some of our clients from Clipfolio into Google Data Studio. And um, I'm sure that by now uh, the other tools are, are catching up and um, evolving as well. But, you know, I remember when we first started using Clipfolio, it was like, it was a fantastic solution, but it took a lot of work to like clean up the data, mm, um, pull the data in and and then present the data with, with Data Studio. It's like a couple of clicks and then you, yeah. you're good to go. So um, it does certainly make life easier. And uh, in terms of marketing people, I guess, um, there's probably a little bit of a learning curve. Like, I, know, I mean, it's not, yeah, it's certainly not the same as the built-in dashboards inside Google Analytics, which I actually, I think, um, I actually believe they still serve a, a pretty good purpose because mm. I know like you jump into Google Analytics and there's like, you know, there's the message at the top saying, you know, check out Google Data Studio. It's, it doesn't mm. say this, but, you know, it's way better. Um, <laughs> and, and so the tendency is to think, oh, well, these these dashboards in Google Analytics don't really serve a purpose. But I think they do because, um, again, like building with the basics, you can create a dashboard in Google Analytics in a couple of minutes. Mm -hmm. Google Data Studio is going to take a bit more time to do. And, and no, the analytics dashboards are not as flexible, but uh, for some people, that's potentially all that they need. And it's um, very easy. It's got, it's templated and you're done. So, yeah. um, I think again, it's about sort of choosing the right, um, the right tool and the right approach for what you're trying to achieve. I think that's a really 
fair statement. Um, I've started to play around with Data Studio myself recently. And for years, I've been so accustomed to going right to my blogging dashboard and I know where everything is. And for years, I've griped that I wished I could do certain visual things with certain modules. But at the same time, I grew to understand the language of that and knew exactly what to get from where. And now I'm, I'm challenging myself to translate exactly how I would do that into Data Studio. And I'm finding it a bit more challenging because I'm so used to how that fed me information. I'm almost like trying to retrain my brain back to what it should want in a way. Mm. Um, but you're, I, I think you're right. I think both of them have a place. Um, I was kind of curious to know if you're seeing clients want to move away from the visuals and dashboards in GA over to Data Studio. Yeah, I mean, I think any client that, um, or, or any any organization that um, has sort of achieved the the basics inside analytics and and have evolved will immediately jump on um, Google Data Studio because it's it does provide that flexibility um, that isn't isn't available in the reports. And I suppose you know, coming back to my my sort of point about the way that Google's sort of flagging the information about Azure and Google Analytics. I think the thing that I'd like to see is that um, that they don't forget about the dashboards that they they actually evolve as well inside Google Analytics and that that's not just like, okay, well, now we're just going to focus on Data Studio. So, because uh, I think there is a place for both. And I think that um, one sort of thing that's just sort of popped into my mind, which is a little bit off topic, but um, with Google Data Studio is just how how many sort of applications there are is actually helping helping someone um, with a very strange request for Data Studio, but really interesting was to present sort of profiles. So like to pull in um, like a, a short bio and a photograph of someone. And it's just like, mm. that's not something I would have ever thought of, but <laughs> I was just like, sure, I'll, I'll help you do that. And so you, and yeah, it turns out you can do it. So it's, it's very oh, fascinating. Well, I think the power for data studios really going to come when they build out their template gallery and open it up mm. to other submissions. I know I have big yeah. plans <laughs> for a template <laughs> in there, but that's where I think the real power is from just going from a tool where people are starting from scratch every single time to seeing what the experts would do with it and being like, oh, I would mm. never have thought of that. And then you're instantly, I mean, that's same thing with all of the GA reports, right? And dashboards that you were instantly able to pull into your own uh, corral, mm. if you will. Yeah, that's true. Very cool. So um, I'd love to transition a bit to another topic uh, around this show, which is presenting and, and the, the industry mm. of presenting in our industry. That was redundant. So uh, you, you know, you're a seasoned pro speaker, you've held your own conferences, so you must see so many presentations. I would love to know what's the last great presentation that really caught your attention or, or moved you and what was it about it? So yeah, I, I, one um, one presentation that that pops into mind that's not it isn't um, related to sort of directly at all to the industry, but um, was was very memorable is actually a, a stand-up comedian that I saw recently, mm -hmm. and I think she uh, just like from from you know my perspective when I give a presentation you know you 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 get up you do a short intro about yourself 
And, you know, when you sort of whittle it down, you're probably only talking for like 15 or 20 minutes all up, right? So it's it's very short and concise. So when, when you see someone get up um, and they, you know, they, they deliver flawlessly and sort of engage the whole audience for like a, an hour, an hour and a half. I mean, I'm just, I'm completely blown away uh, by how, how they actually captivate and um, captivate the audience. And I think maybe it's like um, a bit envious, I suppose, as a presenter, like you get up to talk about, um, you know, analytics uh, or, or, you know, uh, visualization or whatever it is. And you don't get like 900 people like applauding and like screaming out. And that's, I I don't think I could be a comedian, but I, I would really love to experience that. Yeah, I know what you mean. In our field of work, it's tough to get someone jumping out of their chair. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> or rolling in like, their seat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like there's no, I don't think, has there ever been a standing ovation at a, at a digital analytics uh, conference? I, I haven't witnessed so. one from a digital <laughs> analytics talk. I have witnessed them if it has nothing to do with analytics, but <laughs> it's more motivational, but um, yeah. it's interesting. Um, one of my more recent guests, Will Reynolds of Seer Interactive, actually gave the closest thing I ever saw to a true inspirational talk that was also industry related, but mm. I felt like it was this Michael Beck, Reverend Michael Beckwith video, uh, video wrapped all in one. Um, and so I thought to myself, I was like that, this is possible. It's possible to create a real moving moment and still talk industry stuff. So that's my big, mm. that's my big growth area for this year is how do I create a real moment like that while also combining mm. practical tips and strategies for yeah. people. Yeah. And I mean, Avinash is like, he's like the polished presenter and um, <laughs> he takes a slightly different approach. Like, I mean, I, I think the audience is in awe, but it's a bit like, you know, it's uh, what I imagine, like, you know, getting into the kitchen with Gordon Ramsay would be like, I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. just, it's full on. <laughs> you have to have steel nerves and be prepared, but uh, yeah. big payoff, right? Um, yeah. All right. So on the flip side of that, what are some of the biggest pet peeves that you have? about industry presentations today? Uh, I think, um, I think one of the, one of my issues is really, I suppose, it's not so much like, I think there's two parts. I think for me, one part would be the, the, like the, the context and the purpose of uh, why people are gathered together. So in terms of, um, you know, conferences and summits, it's really coming down to, well, why are we in the room? And, um, I've, you know, there's, there's, there's still great conferences and great summits, but I think sometimes you, you sort of, you turn up and you really do question, you know, why, why people are there. So, um, um, yeah, like uh, you, especially if it's like a, I don't know, sponsored slots. I find a bit off-putting um, because <laughs> you know the the poor person having to present is like you know they know why they're there, you know why they're there, and it's right. like trying to make the sale on stage. I mean, that's a difficult, it's a very difficult um, thing to pull off. Um, so I think yeah, that context around what what's the purpose, and then I think on the other hand, with with presenters, it's um, and you know I certainly am not 
coming from a place trying to say that I'm perfect at all, but um, you know what what value is the presenter delivering to the audience? So it can um, it uh, it can be a bit hit and hit and miss, of course. But I think um, you know actually providing value for that for that audience is is really important and for them to be able to take something away and i mean i guess there's this whole spectrum right so if it's yeah if it's a more motivational sort of space versus like a a digital analytics event where people probably want to take things away that they can apply in their job um yeah it's sort of i i mean it's it's complicated to to get it right um because I actually think the value of most conferences or summits are not actually not the presentation. I think it's more the the discussions that have outside of the presentation that mm. uh, provides the most value. Sometimes, not all the time. Yeah, I mean, there's two sides to that coin, right? Always a dialogue mm. is are some of the most valuable things. And I want to see a world where the actual content of a conference is as valuable as the conversations. Like I want to go for both, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just like, sometimes like you, you'll be, I don't know. There's certainly, I, I can't think of, um, I can't think of a specific example, but I've certainly know that I've been in conferences, not even necessarily related to, um, to analytics where, you know, you're like, that was an amazing presentation and I don't know what I can take away from it. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, if that was the point, fine. If it was just to create a memorable moment that moved you, fine. But if it was designed to have you take something away, that's worth examining. And, you know, it's funny. Every time I go present at a conference, I imagine a very grumpy like food coma laden person sitting in front of me saying these three questions. Why am I here? Why should I stay or stay awake? <laughs> and how are you going to make my life better? Because that's what I imagine yeah. people really coming to your table with. And if you come at them with, here's who I am, here's what my company does, and here are my clients, you're going <laughs> to, you're not answering yeah. any of those questions out of the gate. So, no. yeah, I always like, I mean, I don't, I, it, it's funny. Like, I mean, the way I try and approach presentation is, is I sort of look at the, the training and the courses I do and I try and sort of provide like a, like a mini course, I suppose, mm. to people. And I'm not, um, I think for a lot of cases it works. It doesn't work every time, but um, at least there's lots in there for people. Well, I mean, it's it's very evident because I look at a lot of the experts in this industry and you really stand out as someone who is trying to empower people with something very practical right away that they can start mm. with. And that really resonates with me. Um, so again, I'm, I'll put links to all of your stuff on the show notes page for this episode. Um, so, you know, all of us, I believe, are on a growth path, um, even the most accomplished pro speakers. Is there an area that you're working on growing in terms of presenting and speaking? Um, I think, well, I mean, the immediate thing is is um, my YouTube channel, and it's certainly been a priority for the last few months at least. Mm -hmm. I can't remember when I kicked it off again. but um, Highly recommended. It's, it's um yeah it's certainly a space where i'm trying to improve and i know like um 
yeah, I know that there's always room for improvement. So I'm trying to evolve the way that I am actually delivering the content and even uh, trying to explore a little bit more around what content I'm delivering to 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 my um, subscribers on YouTube. So, for example, um, uh, when I when I re kicked it off uh, fairly recently, I I um uh, sort of like I call it top and tail. So I sort of top and tail, um, you know, a fairly standard sort of uh, presentation format, and you know, it's it it works in terms of delivering sort of information, but it's not. Um, it certainly wasn't as compelling as it could be. And so now I'm sort of, um, uh, you know, focused on sort of connecting with the audience and, um, you know, making that a bit more of a crisp experience between delivering the information and, um, and having like a little bit less sort of presentation style um, format for people. And, and there's certainly still way more room for me to improve. So, um, you know, I look at... Um, it's sort of funny, like I, I like them, but I don't know if it's really the best way to do it. But like Neil Patel does an amazing job on yes. um, his, the way that he presents. Um, but I, I find it very, very full on, which is probably good that they're short <laughs> videos because it's like, you know, there's lots of edits and, mm. um, you know, it's very engaging, but it's like, whoa, I'm really tired after watching a couple. So then I need to sort of take a break. I need a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. Condense yeah, they're very fun. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll definitely put that too. Um, I think it's always so great, uh, just as a for whatever medium you're trying to communicate better through, to just collect as many examples as possible, see what mm. resonates with you, and also take note of what doesn't resonate with you and innovate on that. Right. Mm. So. Yeah. Um, super useful. The next segment I call the upgrade, which is a power tip for doing our jobs of presenting data or working with data, anything more effectively. So your entire book is an upgrade, but for right now, do you have a little tip to share with us? Uh, from the book or? Yeah, I'd love to hear something, you know, from the book to give people uh... a sneak peek. From the book, um, I mean, maybe I'll give you like, um, I'll try and give you two examples. So I've got my um, my proofing copy here. Oh, let's see. Um, my yeah, this is my oh top secret. My proofing copy, <laughs> and it is a proof. It it's, says it on the back. Um, and yeah, so I mean, two examples. Like, I mean, I think from like for those who maybe uh, haven't. Uh, run like a, a an AdWords campaign before or, or who have and are maybe just getting started. I mean, one tip is really um, coming back to the basics and thinking about the core elements. So I'm thinking about uh, and it's 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 basic, but it, it's funny how like even, um, you know, large, large and medium and advertisers of all different sizes really mess it up and that's really coming down to what you're achieving and how it is achieved so connecting the the keyword if you're if you're running a search campaign connecting that keyword that you're bidding on um, to the ad to the landing page and it's it's so basic but mm -hmm. so commonly overlooked is 
there are three steps and it is so critical to have those steps speak to one another. Um, so if you do have a disconnect between just one of those steps, then um, the results are immediately going to, to begin to sort of slip away and, and even worse is if, if all three are disconnected. Um, it, it just has it has this sort of flow on effect. So I think that that's sort of one thing that I certainly start with the basics in the book and then um, moving through to sort of more uh, advanced uh, advanced ways to sort of measure things. Um, I think my other sort of tip would probably be like at the back, I, like I mean I don't go into Google Tag Manager in a lot of detail, but there's certainly some practical examples around um, um, getting started quickly with Google Tag Manager. So there's some great, and you can you can read it in the book, and you can also there's um, there's videos of course on my YouTube channel about um, the new triggers that are available. So being able to really quickly implement scroll tracking, and um, really quickly be able to implement you know tracking of uh, you know YouTube content that's embedded on your website um, is certainly um, something that's included in the book. And I've Again, I have tried to approach it in a way that's not too daunting. So even if you're not technical, um, you'll be able to step through it and actually and actually have that up and running really quickly. Um, the other little thing, it's um, it's actually sort of a little. I suppose it's a tool you could call it. It's um, called Kamito Analytics. Is a little tool that I love to plug, um, and it's. Um, Kamito Analytics is a little bit of JavaScript that you can add into Google Tag Manager, or, or you can even just place it. Um, just um, you know, if you if you have the standard Google Analytics tracking code embedded on your website, you can just embed it um, there as well, and it it facilitates some automated tracking like this um, very quickly. So, although there is actually now sort of a little bit of um, duplicated in terms of you can do scroll tracking in Google Tag Manager directly. Comedo Analytics is sort of like it's the equivalent of like checking a box and you've got it done as well. So it can be a really good way for uh, for people to get started quickly without necessarily having to go into Tag Manager and actually configure separate triggers and tags and all those sorts of things. So um, that's a tool I love uh, to recommend to. Okay. Well, I will definitely have that on the show notes page as well. All right, so this is our final question, and I want you to think hard here. Imagine okay. this very plausible scenario. <laughs> very plausible. You're on a tour of the Fural Brewing Company in Perth, because you love to brew beer, when suddenly you trip and fall into a rip in time, which pulls you back to the moment you're about to walk into your first presentation. What would present day you say to yesterday you? Yeah, good question. Um, well, I, I'm thinking back. It probably wasn't my first presentation, but I certainly have a very strong visual of the first um, <laughs> presentation I did. It was actually for a Google program called that's disappeared now called um, Seminars for Success, which um, I brought to Australia. And I remember walking into this room. It was in in Melbourne, and I think there was, I think we had like 60 people, and it was like my first sort of full-on like um, two days, I think it was two days of full-on Google Analytics training for, for the audience. And I was just super, super, um, as you'd expect, a little bit nervous. But um, <laughs> so I think my advice to myself would 
probably there'd be two things. One would be make sure you get enough sleep um, and just sort of rest up the night before. And that's something that I still struggle with. I'm always the night before like working on my transitions for some reason. It's just like my thing. Um, (laughs) It's always the night before at like 10 o'clock. I'm like checking the transition. (laughs) um, So like try to do that like two days before would be my, and that's still my advice to myself. Um, and I'll I'll hunt you down for that one. (laughs) And the second thing is, um, that, um, yeah, that people want to learn and they're there to learn something and, um, they're, you know, everybody begins on your side. So keep them on side, I think is the, you know, develop Mm. that relationship. And, and that's the other thing I find is that, um, a bit of a tangent, but yeah, I find that, uh, it takes, takes me a little bit of time to sort of develop that relationship with the audience. And so, mm. um, giving yourself that, uh, that ability to do that, adding your personality. And I think is important. It's, it's I actually find it easier with, you know, two or three days of training to develop that, um, yes. than, than in a, in a, like a conference style, um, scenario where you've got, you've got hundreds of people and you're trying to like pull them into your, into your, as a, like as a friend, I suppose. And, um, you really, in the scheme of things, you probably have a couple of minutes to do that. So it is a, it is a difficult challenge. That is so insightful for me because I've often wondered why I feel so comfortable with my two day workshops. You know, like I, I don't, I mean, I prepare and I get excited and I bring my full enthusiasm, but I don't get panicky the way I do where I get my stage fright with speaking secrets out, (laughs) but with conferences, it's so different. And I, you're so right. I feel that you have, (laughs) you've held them hostage. So you have a longer runway to becoming their friend and winning them Mm. over. You still don't have that much long of a runway to grab their attention. They can check out pretty soon, but you're right in that in that room full of 600 people where they've just seen someone else who's amazing or they, they have this compacted time frame. It's like your time to be their friend is that much compacted as well. (laughs) That's really fascinating. So I guess, you know, what I would take from that is to really think about what can you do to become their best friend in the first eight seconds that you have their attention so mm. that may, yeah. Yeah. I, I, it reminds me of, um, I managed to do it really well in Russia of all places, because <laughs> I think I mentioned something about like, let's all go and have a vodka after. And it just, it worked really well. <laughs> so yeah, if you can, if you can do it quickly, I think it's the same as a YouTube video, right? You've got the first 15 seconds to engage yeah. the audience. Yeah. That's, um, try and remember that. So to talk about the value and then mention whatever alcoholic beverage they drink in that country and (laughs) (laughs) that's that's really fascinating you made me think that's great so ben unfortunately our time has run out i wanted to thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show today all of your content is really inspiring i loved your conference and your book is absolutely one i'm going to recommend for people wanting to get started with the platforms so tell listeners where they can keep up with you and if there's anything new and exciting yeah so absolutely um subscribe on on youtube to the love starter channel you'll see my face uh, there somewhere and <laughs> um absolutely check out the book as well on on amazon 
Awesome. So all of those links are going to be on the show notes page at leahpika.com slash 033. And Ben has graciously allowed me to give away a free copy of his new book when it comes out uh, to any of my listeners. So please visit that page for a link to enter that giveaway as well. You'll love it. So Thank you again. You know, I, I want to send you my sincere appreciation. I you invited me to speak um, at Love's Data when my this mission was just getting legs. So that was a really big deal for me. It meant a lot, and I'm so happy to see how the conference and all of your efforts are growing and serving. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you. Isn't Ben great? I love when experts in our field make a huge effort to serve as wide of a community as possible with their knowledge. I definitely recommend checking out his YouTube channel. So to catch all of the links and resources mentioned in this episode, please visit the show notes page at leahpika.com slash 032. I would love if you leave me a comment or suggestions or any questions for Ben, because we want to hear about the challenges you face when presenting information. If you like what you've heard, please hop on over to iTunes to subscribe, leave a rating, and maybe a review. Ratings and reviews are so appreciated because they affect the rankings of the show and they help other practitioners like yourself hear this great knowledge. Or you can tweet me a question for the show by including my Twitter handle, which is Pika, including the hashtag PBM. So today's presentation inspiration is from Robert Olin Butler, and that is... Story is a yearning meeting an obstacle. So simple, so true. Find what your audience is yearning for and what obstacles you can help them surmount through your well-crafted insights and ideas. That's it for today. I just want to take a moment to say that I am so honored and humbled by the outpouring of support and encouragement from announcing my reboot. You are the reason I do this every day. So thank you for being my inspiration. Till next time, namaste. And that's a wrap. Just I just was a late addition. Yeah. <laughs> um easy. Easy. Well, I mean, I'm a person that has. Man, I'm just going to rethink how I do everything now. <laughs> awesome. Yay. You have a great. That's good. <laughs> yep. The day is just starting. <laughs> okay. <laughs>